comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is episode 183 for season seven, episode five of the Walking Dead, entitled "Go Getters." I am Craig Demanda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Richard Chub Toad Sheldon. Let us have a little talk with Jesus <laughs> and Mr. Jim Dietz. That's a real nice painting you got there. Yeah, <laughs> he was like enamored with that painting, right? He just he just loved it. Yeah. That was something it, that mesmerized. It was kind of a badass painting. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So just as three amigos tonight, guys, uh, Aaron and Daryl couldn't uh, couldn't make it, but Aaron did send his uh, his Buster ratings and his review of hashtag Passage as well. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Oh, well, thank God. I'm sorry. Wait, sure hashtag, hashtag, hashtag Passage is brought to you by Taco Bell. Brought to, excuse thank me. Thank you. I, I did not. Taco Bell live Moss. I, I did not live put the corporate Moss. sponsor in there. Shame on me. Shame on me. Yum Brands will start coming after me. Okay, I apologize. Yeah. If this corporate, you know, if we don't all work for the corporate synergy, then how do we expect it to work for us? Jim, you're sure. you're absolutely right, sir. I, I, I'm ashamed of myself. <laughs> so this episode was directed by Darnell Martin, written by Channing Powell. Your initial thoughts, guys, before we jump into it. Mm. Not- it was an episode. It was The Walking Dead. <laughs> it was an episode. Well, it, it, it was. It was very. It was very middle of the road with a few special moments in it, and especially some um, little Easter egg hints or foreshadowing for us comic fans. At least I hope so. I, the way I read it. So, but for the most part, it was kind of a just down the middle episode. Not bad. Not great. But you know, I mean, I liked all the Jesus stuff, and you know, we definitely start to see the makings of of a leader in Maggie. So. Um, you know, there is some differences there from, from what we read in the comics. And, uh, that's what I want to explore. Cause it's very interesting. Um, but, but overall, you know, I mean, I wasn't blown away, but I enjoyed it. I'm glad they, um, we, we always get, you know, the, the walking dead, these really impactful episodes and, you know, pun intended with Negan and stuff. And then we get these other episodes that are a little, they kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit. 
give characters time to decompress and kind of explain what what they're going through and stuff. Yeah. And I'm glad they used an episode like that instead of just kind of squandering it. They used it to actually advance some character stuff here with Maggie and with Sasha and uh, and you know Jesus and everything going to the hilltop. Um, yeah. I just was uh, I was I was the right I liked the character I liked the character development in the episode and I, I thought you know I, obviously it wasn't like a blockbuster like the you know season opener or whatever. But it's definitely a good, like, kind of connective tissue behind the scenes of what's going on while, you know, everybody else is doing this. This is what's happening here, you know. Yeah, so. it's, it's the it's the best use of a bottle episode I think we've seen on this series. I mean, I'm impressed this season where they're giving us neat little packages. Like, they're nice little one-hour stories that wrap themselves up pretty much. Like, I know we're building to something bigger, obviously, but they're not stretching needless details across six or seven episodes like this show has done before. And for this being right. a quote-unquote filler episode, again, I, I, I'm wrenching thinking back of, you know, season four or five where they're on the train tracks for a whole episode or they're, you know, on the farm for a whole episode. I mean, where nothing absolutely nothing happens or the alexander they were on the farm for a whole half a season whole half not a se- just an episode yeah exactly but i mean we, i remember last season too they had some just alexandria episodes where just showing the alexandria people it's like dude a whole ep- there's nothing else going on but that you know and then all right eventually the wolves came and some stuff happened but it's like th- this for a quote-unquote filler episode was nice it was satisfying to me i didn't feel like wanting anything more after this and uh, so i'm I don't know if this is deliberate or the show is kind of just getting into more of a groove, but I like that they're giving us these neat little packages right. where they're not lingering on stupid details for, you know, at ad nauseum. They're, they're going back to a classic serial storytelling um, process. And I mean, basically what that is, is we have our arc, which luckily they're not doing a whole like season arc that's dragging out like what you're talking about that they've done in the past. But we have a clear arc, a clear storyline of the, the war against the saviors that's coming or whatever, um, with great foreshadowing and things going on. But each episode is its own thing. It's like you said, it's a package and it's just a very nice way to tell a story. We get a story contained within the whole story and that's just good television. And I'm kind of glad they went that way and not with a lot of the experimental stuff that they've done in the past, which has been hit or miss. Yeah. I also, I also like that they took the focus off, off of Negan and Rick this episode. I mean, we didn't see yep. Negan at all. We only saw Rick for like a minute or two when he's saying goodbye to Michonne. And uh, I think, you know, giving us a break from those characters for a little bit is a good idea, especially in this ep- kind of episode where they're kind of, let, you know, getting their foot off the gas a little bit and kind of slowing down the storytelling just a minute to, like, you know, of course, ramp things up for the season finale. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't really see it as a filler episode, more more just like a, a character-driven and connective tissue episode. You know what I mean? Like, kind of mm-hmm. keeping the plot and storyline together. And talk about characters. We've got some really interesting. If you think back now, we got some interesting characters to deal with between this guy Gregory Xander Berkeley and Simon. Uh, what's his name? Stephen Ogg, I think his name is the actor. I mean, we've got some yeah. some like a secondary or even tertiary characters that are they can carry a story. I mean, Jesus. I mean, these are all like they're not part of the main ensemble cast. I mean, if you want to say that they are, because they're in the credits, maybe. But I mean, they're not part of our core group. But they're they're telling a story in their own way. 
and our core group is split up amongst these different towns. You got two of them over in in the kingdom. You got a couple of them over now in the hilltop, and you got the you know the, the main what's left of them in Alexandria. But they can still carry a story. These are good actors. Like I really love that scene between um, you know uh, Xander Berkeley and, and Og. You know those two in that room together it was just great acting. I just enjoyed it. Well, I thought at any moment he was going to get killed. Like oh, yeah, I, I thought he was done. That, just, right. Immediately, you know, I just, as I'm watching that, I just, and that goes to Stephen Ogg and his really good, uh, you know, really good, I, uh, good performance. I really enjoyed that here. He really had that kind of menacing thing going on, but in a different kind of tone than Negan had. You know what I mean? But it's in the same, I guess you call it ballpark or whatever, but still that kind of intimidation that, you know, you, brought, you put that across, you know, definitely in that scene. He has this whimsical way about him. Like, we even remember in the... Um the season closer last year he goes all right you've made it welcome he's the guy he has a hatchet like he has this kind of funny way of delivering his lines like he's uh i, I really like this guy a lot like i said i, I, I like these little negan henchmen and he, him especially being the num- numero uno or the uh what did kevin smith call him on the talking dead the vice negan i guess is what he yeah. is yeah <laughs> i like it though it's, it's so awesome that the the, the um i mean before this, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Ogg is known for being Trevor in uh, Grand Theft Auto V. <laughs> it's basically him. It is him. Right? And it's, like, yeah, and it's, it's kind of a lot of that. Some of that is definitely coming through. I mean, because Trevor was just a psychotic and he didn't know what happened next and just very, you know, very much an agent of chaos, just like his character is in this, this uh as well, and so. he had a scene in Better Call Saul, uh, which I totally forgot about last uh, last year. It was, it was kind of a forgettable little scene, but it was actually really good between him and uh, and and Michael there. So it was, it was pretty oh, cool. Oh, that's right. Remember I they were in the, in the parking that. garage, yeah. and, and yeah. He, he, he disarms him. He's like, like six guns on him or something. It was actually pretty right. funny. Yeah, yeah. Pimento or whatever. All right, so getting to the Walking Dead, let's just jump right into it. Um, cold open, we see Maggie opening her eyes and she's focusing on some blue flowers that are in a vase in the room that she's in obviously she made it to the hilltop because dr carson is there to explain to maggie that she suffered from a mild separation of the uterus i think or something like that he said um caused by maybe some trauma to her abdomen and, and I, that made me think for a second did she get like injured in that fight with the wolves is that what happened like is that where she got hit or so i don't i mean it's so it far could, back it could now be, it could be any of those i mean it could be yeah. any trauma like in the past few months so, i mean okay. pick 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 a fight you know it could have been any of those times that's true so she I, had some trauma there if i remember though didn't i mean it just seemed like she got overstressed and that caused some issues but it could have been from inflammation of different attacks and things like that because that I, attack I, I, happened like over several episodes. It was hard to remember right. like where she got injured right. and you know maybe she was stuck on the tower for a while and then she got down and I don't know. So I have to go back and watch it. But either way, she had some kind of injury or, like you said, perhaps stress that made her 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 pregnancy be complicated there and she was bleeding. And she questions the doctor whether she lost the baby and, and the doctor said nope, the baby's healthy and even put the little sonogram monitor on it so you can hear the the fetal heartbeat and. Uh, um, but he suggested, however, that, you know, I'd like you to remain here until you come to term. That way she can be close in case something else happens. Sounds pretty now, reasonable. I don't, yeah. Now, I don't know if I'm wrong for this or if I'm the only one that did this. But for just a brief second in my mind, when he put the sonogram onto her to hear the baby, I just thought it'd be hilarious if it, we just, all we heard was brains. <laughs> like if it was dead and was trying to claw its way out of her or something. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I guess I'm just messed up in the head. <laughs> I guess you are. 
Outside, we see Sasha sitting down. She's eating an apple. Maggie then walks out to see her. Maggie wants to know where the bodies of Abe and Glenn are buried. Sasha takes Maggie to the gravesite, which is behind some buildings, looks like, but near the fence. So kind of just out of the way a little bit at the hilltop there. Sasha reaches inside her pocket and gets Glenn's watch and hands it to Maggie and then jokes that Abraham only had one cigar on him. That's the only thing that he was carrying around. (laughs) Maggie tells Sasha about the doctor's suggestion that she stays put until the baby comes to term. And Sasha says, yeah, okay, if that's what it takes, I'm here with you. We're, We're staying put. Next, we see Jesus coming into the scene, bringing some fresh-cut flowers to the graves. How nice of him. He also confesses to furnishing the blue flowers in Maggie's room, saying that he read a book somewhere saying that they promote healing. Very nice. Very thoughtful of Jesus. Well, he is Jesus, after all. <laughs> he's a thoughtful Jesus, though. Yes, he's he's taking care of his peeps. And he knows how to dropkick. Yes, he does. I love the kung fu. I, I yeah. love it. It's a kung fu, crab maga, whatever it is. He's got some kind of unique style. I love it. Like, We'll get to it when the fight scene comes, but what what is doing like a flying kick to a zombie going to really do? I mean, I don't I don't know. It, just, it still looks cool though. I love it to see cool. it. Looks cool. That's what it does. That's <laughs> all you it. need, man. It looks cool. He, yeah. So Gregory then strolls onto the scene, visibly agitated as he usually is. He's led. <clears> to, <throat> to, douche. Oh, yeah. sorry. Now, I, let me say something. I I cannot stand this douchebag coward of an asshole that is just uh. And the more frustrated and I wanted to punch him, the more I was like, this actor is fantastic. He's awesome. He always plays that kind of character, though. Think about all the stuff he's been in for the last 30 years. He's been in TV, movies. He always plays that kind of character, right? So it's like. He reminds me of like William Atherton from Ghostbusters. (laughs) I mean, that's true. This man has no dick, that guy. Yeah. Um, He he always, I mean, his entire like thing was playing that kind of guy, you know, Weasley. Yeah. So well, he, he just looked like a weasel because wasn't he the television reporter guy in Die Hard? Also, he was yep. that. He was on. Yep, he yep. was so much. You, you can go through all eighties and nineties television. He's been in everything. Yeah. He's been in like in twenty four. Yeah, yeah, he's been. You name the show, yeah. he's been on there. Right, it's like same picker, real genius. Yeah. yeah. So so he's glad that Marsha is on her feet, and they now you know have to go. It's like thank you. I'm glad you're feeling better. You have to go. He Either. said that yeah, he said that he thought their deal was for the group to take out Negan's crew. And Maggie explained that look, they did take him out, but it was only turns out to be one of his outposts. Actually, he's got hundreds of people. Maggie then says that the doctor suggests that she should stay, but Greg says that the doctor does not have the authority to make that kind of decision. He's getting again more flustered. Uh, then he starts to tell Sasha to stay away from Maggie and focus on her work here at the hilltop. And Gregory is annoyed that there are two graves there, insisting that we don't we don't bury these dead. We we burn them. But Jesus then tells Greg, "Hey, look, that's Sasha. She doesn't live here. She's from Alexandria, just like Maggie." Like, this guy's so confused. He thought Sasha was one of his. Uh, one of there his aren't that many people at the hilltop that he yes. should not be remembering names. I mean, what a. Dick. The only guy's name he does remember is Jesus. So that's the only one, right? He calls Rick Rich, I think. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> everyone loves. Then later, and later on in the episode, it's like, who the hell is Sasha? Right. Exactly. Who the hell like, is after, Sasha? You after, keep talking after about. After they introduce him to him here, or, or to him here, you know. It's amazing. So again, Greg says that they have to go. He said that they didn't live up to their end of the deal, and if the saviors come and find them here and these graves, apparently they'll think that there was that they colluded with these people. And Maggie reminds him that, well, yeah, we kind of did collude. 
Either way, Greg wants plausible deniability. And Jesus says it's not safe to leave during the day. They should rest and then leave maybe tomorrow morning instead. Greg agrees to let them stay the night. Even suggests that Jesus leave with them. He's even mad at Jesus right now, saying, hey, you can, you want to go with them? Go. And says that the matter is settled. Then Sasha, as Greg is walking away, says, well, no, it's not settled. Maggie's pregnant. And Greg says, well, that's her mistake. And then just kind of trots off. (laughs) (laughs) So back to Alexandria. Carl is playing some darts, uh, but missing. You know what? Hold on. Yes. Carl's hair, man. It's getting out of control. Yeah. It's like can, Rick's beard in like the last for a minute. I'm just look, if you could see me, I know this podcast is just an audio medium. Yes. But if you can see me, I'm shaking my head. I'm SMH. <laughs> Carl's hair. Okay. It's just Carl's hair. Come on, man. Too much, Carl, huh? Please. Please. You're not you're not in a quiet right cover band in the eighties. All right. <laughs> well, please. it looks like he hasn't cut it since like four seasons ago. Like that's just please, natural please. growth, like five not, years, right? That's what that you're is. Not, you're not you're not roadying for uh, my chemical romance, okay? Please. <laughs> cut your hair, dude. Come on. At least tie it back or do something. I mean, sorry. Well, Daryl's in the same boat. I mean, you can barely see his face anymore, right? It's like it's covering him too. I mean I mean, you know, usually like on DC T V podcast uh, or my, my co host uh, Jerry points these kind of things out. Yes. But I have to say, Carl, the hair. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. So besides his hair I getting thought, in the way, yeah. Well, I thought it, you know, maybe he was doing it to kind of cover his eye hole thing, but I'm with Jim. It's it's out of control. You're not you're not you're not in the Bay City Rollers. Please. <laughs> I think Cut the, the actor probably the, or the producers are D A Y. Nice. I think they decided, look, I mean, let's just let this kid's hair grow and not cut it for a couple oh. of years. Like that's that's what they're basically doing here, right? I mean do something with it. I mean, look at Jesus. He has nice long hair, and it looks good. It looks, all right, so he needs a little trim. He needs a trim. He needs a little he, little touch up. He needs a coffee. It's like it looks like he's like half feathered it and half didn't, and like they're kind of you know little spurts sticking out from his ears. <laughs> Jim, it's Come hard on, to find a good volumizer when you're in the zombie apocalypse. That's all I'm saying. You know, just cut it out. Cut it off, man. Just tie back something, anything. But I, I can see a little ponytail. Actually, that would be pretty cool. A little ponytail coral. hanging out. Yeah. Coral. 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 Carl doesn't need to be sensitive ponytail guy. No. No, no. no. (laughs) Coral, please. So Coral is playing darts with his long hair, but missing the board terribly. Like, he just keeps missing to the left really bad with those darts. And um, I guess they're trying to show maybe he's got problems with his depth perception or something because of the losing the eye, I'm assuming. You think? Yeah. Yeah. But Um, here's the thing. Carl's... Carl was a pretty good marksman before all that and everything. You know, he had built up to becoming pretty good. I'm just saying, you know, after the first three or four, you would think that he would be like, okay, I think I'm aiming right, and he would adjust. You know what I'm saying? Right, Weird that he kept missing. Yeah, that was a little strange. I guess, again, The Walking Dead is, you know, known for throwing things on the head or on the nose, and that's exactly what they did here. Okay, he keeps missing. We get it. His aim is off. All right, we got it. So Rick is talking to him and insisting that Carl joins them for a supply run, saying, look, we need you. We're going to get out there and get some supplies. But Carl's being stubborn. He doesn't really want to go. And Michonne is also apparently staying behind from this this uh, run. On the way out, though, Rick tries to give Michonne a little peck on the cheek, but she kind of slows him down, gives him a very nice, passionate kiss on the lips. And Rick simply says, thank you, and then leaves and gives her a radio or something so they can stay in touch. But I thought that was actually pretty nice, like that Michonne really still, even though Rick is somewhat broken 
and she may not even agree with him at this point of what he's choosing to do and being subservient to Negan and whatever. She still loves this guy, and and that was a nice scene. I just hope it's not a kiss goodbye. Like that was something I was worried about. Like I hope this is not the end, because I kind of like this little romance between the two of them. I mean, she says as much, you know, next in the next scene with Carl. Carl is like, you know, you know, you really along with, on the same with Negan or whatever. And she goes, you know, even if I don't agree with them, your father, you know, I'm still with him, you know. And yeah. So I mean, she's kind of alluding to the fact that maybe she's setting, you know, kind of setting her sights on, you know, going against uh, the uh, saviors as well. Okay, it could be. So I mean, she she left. We don't know where she went to when she leaves the house here. So. um Carl then asks why Michonne didn't go with Rick, this before she leaves, and Michonne says that she has some things to work out on her own. Carl insists that Rick is wrong. I guess he's implying he's wrong for being subservient to Negan, like they shouldn't be doing this stuff. And Michonne almost agrees, but like you said, says that Rick might still be right, and we have to give it a chance. And then she just leaves Carl alone in the house. And then out the window, Carl's looking out the window and sees Enid scaling the wall again, like she always is, trying to escape the place. <laughs> Once again, to leave the community. Uh, he then runs out and confronts her. He says that uh, she, she says that she wants to go see Maggie. Carl says, okay, but it's a long way to the hilltop, and that I'm not going to save you anymore. Like he's basically, he's tired of running after her, which I can't blame him. How many times has he done it already, trying to save right. her from running away? She's a little mad at him still for locking her up in the armory. I guess when all the action was going down. Um, but, yeah, and that he made it back alive when Glenn did not. She did apologize, though, that he had to watch it. Like, I'm sorry you had to watch it. And Carl said, I'm not sorry. So, setting up a little something for later there. At the hilltop, Jesus is letting the two ladies stay at his trailer. I guess that was his trailer, right? Or is that just a guest trailer? I don't know. It seems like it was his place, but who knows. Sasha questions yeah. why he isn't the leader um, instead of Gregory. He says that he just isn't a leader. It's not his thing. He says that's he just not, tries to help. That's not me, man. <laughs> that's what he says. That's I, not I, me, man. I do have a question about, and I just it's really unrelated to the story, but I just have to ask it because I noticed it several times when they're in this trailer. Why is, why is there a lobster bib tacked to the wall? I, I did see that, too. I don't know. It's got to be some not, Easter egg. It's got to be some Easter egg for something, you know? Well, that's why I was like, is there an inside joke I'm missing or something? Because I'm just like, why is there a clean lobster bib? Now, the was that getting you a little hungry for lobster? Like when you saw that, did you start mm, thinking lobster absolutely and hot butter? Because, and, I, and, okay. nope, because I think lobster is absolutely disgusting. Really? So, no. Yeah, it's a cockroach of the sea. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> People pay a lot of money for that cockroach, man. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not kidding. It's actually of the same genus. <laughs> and species as the cockroach so yes i don't eat lobster don't tell me that i go to maine every year man and get the stuff right out of the water i i ugh, now you tell me it's a cockroach now now you got me thinking twice yep so anyway uh you know he says he's not a leader he just tries to help sausage says that he has to do more to jesus he then reaches into his pocket and gives sasha a necklace and i, I kind of forgot about this too but abraham lost it the first time he was in town i guess during the scuffle they had with the um I guess it was, well, it was like their own people when they came back from the Saviors. There was a little bit of a scuffle, and he lost it. Maggie then asks, uh, that they, why do they burn the dead here at the hilltop? What do they have to remember them by if they burn the bodies? Jesus replies, they just keep going, and they remember the people that are dead. The people is what keeps it going, the people that are still alive. Okay. 
He then leaves the two ladies to sleep. Sasha and Maggie chat a little bit and agree that Gregory is basically an idiot. And Maggie corrects Sasha and said, well, he's more than an idiot. He's more dangerous because he's actually a coward. Which we're going to find out, I guess he is. Yeah. Enid is riding her bicycle on the road. Cut to her again. When she is ambushed by a couple of walkers. Surprise, surprise. But then suddenly, out of nowhere, a blue Crown Vic just drives by and mows down the walker. And it kind of crashes into this gas station air pump or something. But the walker's not dead yet, so then the car then reverses over the walker and pins it to a wall. I guess between the trunk and the car. Then the window rolls down and we see it's Carl driving the car. Drives like his mom. He drives- <laughs> <laughs> and she was driving a Ford, too. It's pretty funny. Enid asks, what's he doing? What, what, what are you doing? He says, I felt like a drive. <laughs> I guess it was supposed to be a cute moment there. Cut back to the, um, to the hilltop. It all's quiet. Everyone's sleeping. And then suddenly we hear Beethoven playing outside. And they're awoken by this. Sasha and Maggie are awoken by the sound of the music blasting from an old AMC Gremlin. A green one. Nice. Yes. I thought it was a pacer at first, but then I realized it was the Gremlin. The main gates to the hilltop are wide open. And there are three bonfires. And they're all set, I guess, to attract walkers along with the music. So this is a pretty elaborate little, little trap that was set up here throughout the night. But then somehow, I didn't understand this part. They couldn't get out of their trailer. Like, did somebody lock it from the outside so they couldn't get out? Yeah. That's what I was. I'm like, did Gregory lock them in? Even what Jesus the hell? or whoever, right? Like, yeah. Why, why would they be locked into that trailer? It makes no sense, right? Unless yeah. the, the saviors did it. Like, did they go around and lock all the doors so people were trapped inside their houses? I, I didn't. Oh really... yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just didn't get that part. It didn't didn't seem apparent to me. But either way, Sasha escapes through the roof hatch and starts to deal with the situation. Yeah. After the commercial, we see Maggie has also made it through the roof hatch. And Sasha's trying to tell her to relax, sit down, don't stretch yourself, I'll get this. But she, but Maggie sees Jesus when she's on the roof of the trailer and screams to him, Hey, get down there, Sasha's down there, go and help her. And she's kind of directing him, and he, he jumps down and tries to help. She also directs two townspeople to get the gates closed. So she's already taking a leadership role, even in, in, in this moment of, uh, of crisis. Right. Sasha makes it to the, to the AMC, but all of the doors and windows have been welded shut and protected with like metal grating. And there's also this little metal, like, hand with the middle finger sticking up at the rear hatch. <laughs> like, that's it. It's, you're not getting in this car. More, more walkers keep coming in from outside the town. Gregory, though, we see him for a minute. He's in his bedroom. He looks through the window and sees what's going on, but then does nothing. He just kind of walks back from the window. He does absolutely nothing. Then suddenly, and then almost, I want to say too suddenly... We see this huge John Deere tractor, a humongous one, being driven backwards by Maggie, running over several walkers, and eventually it crushes the AMC to just rolls it over to like nothing, like a monster truck rally, and the music eventually stops. Nothing runs like a deer. Nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, I thought it was actually a pretty cool uh, graphic there. You see those big wheels roll over the dead? Like That was actually pretty neat to see that. Carl and Enid are strolling down the street, back to them. She's still asking what it was like to watch his friends die. And Carl again said he didn't blink. He watched the whole thing. He wanted to remember it, so when it came time to kill Negan, he'd remember. And then Carl again apologizes for locking her in the armory. Enid says that she didn't need to be there with Negan anyway or something. Like, she didn't need to see that with you know, her friends being killed. 
So they're just talking and walking and just getting working their way towards Hilltop, I guess. They haven't found the roller skates yet. Not yet. That's a little bit later. Yeah. They, they, Ridiculous. They, they cut a lot of scenes in here. Yeah. It's very like a John Hughes movie. John Hughes zombie movie. <laughs> just, just needed to be Chicago in the winter. It would have been perfect, right? That would have been it. They'd be ice skating instead of roller skating. That would have been perfect. Shermer, Illinois. Yeah, I was going to say in John Hughes's fictional Shermer, Illinois. Shermer. Is that what it is? Okay. Yep. <laughs> the next morning, Gregory has resorted to drinking some fine scotch in his office. I think it was Balvini, by the way. I couldn't get a good, good uh, look at the bottle. I but think so. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Jesus and him are, are having a, a heated discussion about how Sasha and Maggie helped save the town. They should be allowed to stay. Again, Gregory is fuzzy with the names. He goes, who the hell is Sasha? He still can't remember who she is. Maybe and, if you want to have so much scotch early in the <laughs> afternoon, you could remember people's names. The guy's a mess. I just wonder if he's still messed up because of the injury he got, or he was always like. I think he was always like this, though. He was even this this goofy well, when we first met him, right? I mean, do we ever know what he was before the zombie apocalypse? I'm trying to remember if that was ever said in the show or the book because I'm, I'm think. thinking he had to been some weaselly politician's top aide in his office. Or something, because that is, I mean, he is such a dick. He seemed to know the history of that old building, though. Like, that was something he knew of. Yeah. Right? Remember that? They, when he was showing Rick around the place back that episode? He, I have to go back and watch that. He had to be a politician or near politicians of some type. Yeah. So, I don't know. He's a scumbag. He's a scumbag. So, uh, then Sasha and Maggie actually come in the room and Sasha asks directly what they can do to make this deal work. She's like, look, we want to stay. What do you want? Let's just let's just get this over with. What can we do? He starts to like intimate that, hey, maybe the two of us together, we can, you know, privately come up with some kind of something, something when Maggie just snarls, go to hell. <laughs> Gregory is now personally insulted and says that, you know, he was going to give him some fruit preserves from Mrs. Caitlin. Although Jesus corrects him again, says it's Mrs. Maitland. So he can't even get his own townspeople's names right. <laughs> but now they're getting no preserves and they are to go home. They get nothing. No soup for you. Then we see through the window, right through the open fence. I guess they didn't get the gate fixed or whatever. The saviors appear in a convoy of pickup trucks, as they usually do. A bunch of henchmen strolling in on foot in the trucks, whatever. And then uh, Greg tells Jesus to hide the two girls in the closet. I guess he was motioning towards the closet that was in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Back to Carl and Enid. They're strolling on the road. Carl finds a bag on the side of the road with two pairs of old school roller skates, and they now that sh- happened to perfectly fit yeah. the both of them. Listen, well, come it, on. Well, it, these things happen, man. Sometimes it's meant to be. And they now share a zombie apocalypse romantic moment. It's even the little musical montage or skating down the road together. <laughs> That's right. That's right. They're holding hands and they're just skipping down the road. Which actually, it's not a bad way to go. I mean, it's, you know, skateboard or roller skates. It would be, you know, it's better than walking, right? I mean, you're in the zombie apocalypse. They pop out left and right. You know, there are hundreds of quote saviors looking to kill you. And you're you're skating down the and street, right? You are you are in the most possible immobile things for a quick getaway you could possibly have, unless you're at the top of a hill with a smooth ride down. What the <laughs> hell? I mean, I get it that they're kids, but Carl is smarter than that although i don't know i mean he's 17 to 16 17 years old those hormones are raging so who knows he's aging quick let's put it that way i mean like in the book he's still a younger kid like he's still like only like 12 or 13 right like now he's 
Well, Chandler was yeah. 11 when he started this show. He's now 17. Exactly. So it's moving faster than the than the show can keep up with. Yeah. Interesting fact. Him and I share a birthday. No kidding. The day he was born is also the day that I had my gallbladder removed. Oh, Very interesting. Well, interesting. I thought you said that was an interesting fact. It's interesting to me, Jim. To me. <laughs> So back to the hilltop. Greg opens the door to his home for the saviors, which are now you know c- coming to the house. He invites them in. Simon, who again we found out was Negan's right hand man, aka Trevor from GTA Five, says that they need to talk and they should talk alone in the study. They got some things to discuss, and he wants to see that painting he's heard so much about. So uh, and he, when they're in there, he says that he doesn't know if Gregory's heard, but that his brothers and sisters in arms. And an operation have been removed from the field of play. Like he, he talks in this kind of elaborate way, and Gregory strokes his beard, saying, "Oh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about." Inside the office, Simon is now mesmerized by that famous painting on the wall, and Gregory leans over and says, "Hey, you know about last night? You know, we we, we got the message. Message received, loud and clear." And Simon goes, "Really? Hmm. What what, what was the message? Since you heard it loud and clear." And Gregory says, well, you know, you know, you, you guys are in charge. <laughs> Simon says last night. Yeah, oh, yeah. He says that last night they worked their asses off, meaning the saviors, to provide an example of their skills. Simon said the other guys that Greg used to deal with, meaning the ones that Rick slaughtered in the compound, got a little soft. They got a little spoiled. And that's what got them butchered. He continues to say that the people who killed them, meaning Rick's group, are now working for them now. And that they're a real good bunch of go-getters. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it, it makes me wonder, like, I mean, Simon obviously knows that somebody ratted out where that compound was, right? I mean, they must suspect it's Greg. We thought Greg was going to get it at the, in this scene, right? We even said so much. But I mean, didn't didn't someone try to kill Greg during the first visit to the hilltop? Like, I'm surprised Greg is still yeah. breathing at this point. I, I just don't get it. Like the way he was playing uh, that character Simon, uh, just you know, had that menace and that kind of intimidation or whatever that made me think that any moment now he would just go, "Oh, and by the way," and then just blow his brains out. You know? Yeah, I, I I thought that was coming. I really did, or just stab him or something. I, I knew something was going to come. But well, didn't. when he mentioned that, you know, we were going to come in and save you from the zombies that did, but you did it all yourself, that tells me they were watching. So I was expecting him to say something along the lines of, you know, eventually go, oh, by the way, where's the lady that was driving the tractor and then, you know, shoot him then or something? Because I, I thought that was going to come up. Right? Yeah, because they were, they were so in, in control of that situation with, with the, that they set up that trap that you're right. They should be, they, you right. think they have some observers watching the whole thing, but who knows? So Greg asks Simon to tell Negan that he'll play ball, but Simon laughs and says, there's no need for that because from now on, just think of me as Negan. So I guess Simon is now going to be his, uh, his handler the, the, or the handler of the hilltop. Simon then asks if there's anything else he should know, any quote hitches in the giddy up <laughs> Greg thinks for a few moments and he's stroking his beard and he smiles and then he nods and he says you know what actually there is and then he leads Simon to the closet where he thinks the two girls are and then Jesus is looking at him glaring at him now because they're out in the hallway and he squints his eyes but then Greg opens the closet but instead of the girls being in there all there is is the, his case of scotch 
that he was stashing for himself, I guess. Simon then says, oh, whoa, I hate scotch. I prefer gin, but Negan will love it. He then uh, says, you don't mind if I just give it to him and said it's on me, right? It's not a gift from you. It's from me. I want the headline on this one. <laughs> Greg shoots Jesus a nasty look, and Jesus just smirks at him from across the room. Like, gotcha, sucker. <laughs> so basically, at this point, Greg was going to give up the two girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a dish. Totally. Simon is now rounding up the troops to go through the town and take half, and he says only half of everything that they own. On the way out, though, he asks Greg to kneel before him. Just one last thing. He wants a good kneel out of him. Greg seems dazed at first, but then says, uh, and says, excuse me, but then eventually he does kneel. Simon leans in and says, that's a solid kneel, Gregory. Re- remember that for next time. This was another point I thought he was going to kill him. Like right there when he was, on, when he was yeah. kneeling, right? Yeah. Right. Now, is this where we uh, had this commercial break for Hashtag Passage presented by Taco Bell? Actually, it, actually, it definitely is. So at this point, we are at that point, folks. The, the highlight of most of, of you think of this podcast, we are at Hashtag Passage, Fear the Walking Dead, Hashtag Passage, brought to you by Taco Bell. Now, again, Aaron is Live not, Moss. Live Moss. But Aaron is not with us. However, he wrote in his titillating uh, on the, analysis on the back of the on the back of the Cholito wrapper. Yeah. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Yes. Hold on, I got to get just on the very edge of my seat here. All right, I'm ready. All right, you're on your seat. You, so, you can definitely sit back. So, so, Jim, do you have it in front of you? Can Can you read Aaron's I do. I uh, uh, Aaron, thoughts? Aaron's, okay, great. Aaron's synopsis of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell with Moss. And he, and he wrote all I, that, by the way. He wrote that exact thing. Yes, I'm reading it verbatim as he wrote it. I would not edit uh, the erudite there into it. Uh, guys, this week's Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell, Liv Moss, was insane. First off, we start with Knife Girl and Panicked Woman cutting their way through a fence and making their way into an abandoned and seemingly dangerous area. Then Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell, Liv Moss, really starts to ramp up. <laughs> While looking around, a construction worker walker, a CDW or CWW. Oh, so he's union, uh, huh? He's part of the CWW. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, on a chain leash, attacks the ladies. Uh, knife girl hands her knife to panicked woman and lets her go after the walker. She hesitates and doesn't know how to handle it. Then, in an unprecedented move for Fear of the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell, Liv Moss, <laughs> a random gunshot takes out the walker. The women look on and see. Something to be continued. Oh, did you fall off your seat, Chubb? Are you still there? Did you? I, I, I'm hanging on. Barely, <laughs> but I'm hanging on. Wow. Wow. That was so Hairs exciting. The back of my neck are standing up as I read that. So I've got goosebumps. I'm telling you. The socks are thrilling right off my feet. Listen, for those of you that don't watch Fear the Walking Dead, this is kind of the stuff you're missing, all right? We had Flight 462. That was a whole epic saga of, of an air flight that, that just didn't make it well. And now you got this. I mean, live Moss, so that, guys. So that was uh, Fear the Walking Dead, uh, our, our recap of the week's Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell. Live Moss. Jim, thank you for handling that so professionally uh, in Aaron's absence because we know this is like the highlight of the program, at least for him. I and expect for my him- burrito in the mail. <laughs> at least not to Bel Grande or something. Yeah, Did a, you want mild or fire sauce with that? Oh, I want the volcano sauce. Do they have volcano? Do they still have that anymore? They got rid of the lava sauce, didn't they? 
I have no idea. Oh, okay. I haven't eaten a Taco Bell in years. We're going to do, we were talking before this podcast, we're going to do a fast food podcast, I think, because um, we, we were de- debating 11 herbs and spices and some other stuff in KFC. So I think eventually, we, stay tuned for that, folks. We, I think we're going we're gonna to surprise you with that one of these days. But anyway, getting back to The Walking Dead, Carl and Enid finally made it to the hilltop. And they see the saviors cleaning them out, same way they did Alexandria just an episode ago. Carl remarks, though, he doesn't think Negan is here because he doesn't see that same black truck that he was in last time. Enid then realizes that Carl wasn't just taking a drive or even trying to save her, that Carl was actually out there looking for revenge on the saviors. And he says he can't let them get away with this, Carl says. He asks for her to come with him to avenge the deaths of his friends. But she says that even if... Uh, he did it. How would he make it back? They share kind of this nice little kiss, you know, a little, little, little teenage love there. Enid begs him not to go, but Carl is determined. Enid then decides to go and just sneak into the hilltop, and that's what she does. In Gregory's bedroom, Jesus lets the two ladies out of the closet, so he put her in. they put him in a different closet. Gregory storms in fuming. Jesus said, hey, man, you, you, you said to put him in the closet. You didn't say which one. <laughs> Greg is still mad about the deal that they made with Rich, a.k.a. Rick, and the Alexandrians, you know, and they went sideways. Maggie tries to speak up, but he tells her to hold on a minute, dear. So again, doesn't call her by her name, calls her something else besides Maggie. Jesus finally takes charge a bit and says that Maggie and Sasha are not leaving and that if Greg doesn't like it, uh, he'll tell the whole town about his deal to try to take out the saviors. So much for your plausible deniability. Greg just smiles and says, what, now, so you're in charge? Jesus replies, no, 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 but if anything, you're not going to be in charge either. And we can all live together like one big, happy, dysfunctional family. (laughs) That was a cute line. Exactly. Uh, Gregory then approaches Maggie, and she takes a nice swing at him, just a full backhand, and then boom, right across the the, the chin, lands a punch square in his jaw, uh, and she then proceeds to remove her father's watch from his pants. He said it was a nice watch, shouldn't let it, you know, shouldn't let it stay, stay outside. Maggie says uh, to get her name right since she's going to be living there. It isn't dear, it isn't honey, it isn't sweetie, and it isn't Marcia. It's Maggie Ree. So there. Yep. Later. I, lo- I yes. love that scene. That in, that was a great scene. and I mean, it's in the comic, it was Rick that punches him, but it just... Man, what I just love her reaction and the the line she delivers. It's it's really good. It is good. Yeah, I don't think he's going to forget her name again. So later, Jesus explains that Gregory was in charge when he got there. It's him talking to the two ladies now. He didn't agree with him, but couldn't imagine anyone else leading the group until now. Maggie then heads back to her trailer. Sasha asks Jesus to find out exactly where Negan lives, saying, "Look, these trucks are going to go to Negan. Why don't you?" You know, see what you can do. She asks him to keep it between them. Don't involve Maggie. Jesus says he doesn't like that. But Sasha says, you know what? I don't either, but this is what we have to do. So Maggie goes back to the gravesite and finds Enid there. And she placed her three green balloons on top of one of the one of the gravesites. Maggie was going to place the watch, it seems like, back on the grave. But then when she sees Enid, she actually keeps it. She doesn't, she doesn't put it back on the dirt. Back inside the trailer, Enid is making some dinner, which looks like a little like ragu and bread. I guess it's all they have. It's kind of scarce pickings over there. Uh, and then Sasha arrives. 
Amy was saying how she heard about how Maggie ran over the car and the zombies with the tractor. Maggie says, yeah, you know, I've done it once before. I had an old boyfriend in high school, and he had some Camaro, and I ended up running it over. <laughs> it used to be a Camaro or something, she said. Don't mess with the farmer's daughter, guys. That's all I have to tell you. Yep. Hey, that was a nice Camaro. Hey, it's right. Yep, I, I would say it was a bitchin' Camaro. Was it, was it an IROC? She, she took it out? That was the Sure. Interview. So at that moment, Maggie then hands over the watch to Enid, saying that they don't need anything else to remember Glenn and Abraham by. They have their memories, and that will be enough. So now Enid has the watch, which is kind of interesting because I was thinking that Maggie would hold on to it until the the, the you know the child came. Right. Yeah. Which maybe she'll get it back. Who knows? Maybe Enid won't. You know, not spoiling anything. I don't know, but maybe she will get that watch back before long. We see Negan's truck being loaded by the Saviors. It starts to drive away, and then Jesus kind of jumps into the back. It's got an, like an open back truck with his little like you know flaps or whatever, and he finds a case of scotch and drinks a bit of it, and then dumps out the rest. And then we see Carl hiding also in the truck behind some boxes, and he says, "Hey," <laughs> to Jesus, and Jesus just kind of has this nice little smirk, like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna get some we're gonna get some fun right now." So uh, and that's They're the episode. On a collision. I, I had a yeah. little, yeah. I had a little smirk, too, because I think this is setting up a storyline from the book that I very much am looking forward to. So. They're definitely chewing through a lot of the comic book material, like, in short order. They're moving yeah. through, and they're moving through it very faithfully, too, I would say. I mean, like you said, maybe switching a character or two around here or there, but all the points they're trying to hit, they're definitely hitting. And it seems yeah. like they're going that way. So, wow. And that is the end of the episode. So, before we get to our illustrious Buster ratings, we can have a quick word from our sponsor. Uh, Jim, would you be so kind to discuss our sponsor this week and every week on the Walking Dead TV podcast? Uh, DCBService.com is uh, the place to go if you want low, low prices on all of your graphic novels, all of your geeky stuff, uh, your comic books, your t-shirts, your, your cool toys. All that kind of stuff. You go to DCB service and you can get it there. A lot of times cheaper than you can get it on Amazon, uh, especially with their uh, the specials that they run every month. Right now they're running a special on all the DC Rebirth stuff. I don't know if you guys know or not, but um, DC just uh, you know like had a big uh, like relaunch of their whole line, all new number ones, all new and stories and stuff, and uh, all the uh, the DC trades uh, with the Rebirth collected collect uh, editions are fifty percent off this month. Uh, again, cheaper than you can get them on Amazon. Uh, they also have bundles of the actual books that are also 50% off. So if you want to jump into the DC thing. Um, also, Ger uh, Gerard Way uh, from My Chemical Romance. He has like a comic book line. He's kind of relaunched this uh, Vertigo line called Young Animal. And it's been getting a lot of really good uh, good press recently. Those are all fifty percent off as well. Wow! Uh, all the all the bundles of those, and um, we have some re really cool. Uh, um, well, here's a good example: the Hulkbuster statue. It's a it's a paperweight. It's a statue. It's by Bowen. It's a really beautiful version of the uh, Age of Ultron uh, uh, Iron Man Hulkbuster art uh, armor yes. that you saw in the movie. Uh, the standard price on that is forty nine ninety nine. DCB Service has it for thirty five, so you're saving fifteen bucks on your cool stuff. That's that a great deal. Anyway, uh, really good, really cool uh, Boba Fett artifacts. 
statue um, from the Cloud City version with the, the cape and everything. Sweet Boba Fett statue. Uh, the SRP on that is 65. DCB service has over 20% off at $47.99. Uh, I ordered a lot of my Walking Dead toys from DCB service because I knew I'd be able to get them at a good price. I wouldn't have to worry about trying to find them at the stores and trying to compete, you know, getting the ones I wanted and ones I needed. But if you're into the, um, again, collecting uh, action figures, statues, clothing, um, there's some really cool, um, I'm I'm looking right now at the Star Labs uh, uh, jersey and shirt. Um, from the you know, the Flash TV show, a lot of people watch that. It's very popular. Uh, so normally twenty five bucks, it's going for fifteen. A DCB service that's ten dollars off. Um, again, a lot of oh, I really like this Harley Quinn knit cap. It's like a, it looks like a Christmas beanie, but instead it has little Harley Quinns and and the Harlequin symbols and knit into it. SRP on that side twenty eight dollars, and the DCB service has it for thirteen. So that's you know more than half off. Yeah, you know, I could rattle off like good deals like that all all day long, all night long. Go check it out for yourself if you want to get into the comic side of The Walking Dead. They have the compendiums, they have the hardcovers, they have the trade paperbacks, they even have the reprint single issues if you want to go that way. Um, you can get it all there and at a really good price. Uh, they have great customer service. Uh, if you go to a big box store, you're not likely to have someone help you out in a big way if something goes wrong. Uh, DCB service are just regular, they're a small business, and they do really good customer service, they do really good work. Uh, check out their brother site, or sister site, I guess, InStockTrades.com as well. Um, they have a lot of trade paperbacks there on sale. It's fun just going through their bargain bins, seeing what you can get for like oh. 2 or $3, you know, there, if you're if you're into gra- you know, graphic novels and, and comics. So, DCB service and uh, you know go there and get a really good deal on all your pop culture needs and uh, thank you so much for sponsoring our show. Yes, they are awesome. Actually, I'm on here right now, Chubb. I know what I'm getting you for Christmas: Knight Rider Volume One and Volume Two from IDW. They're finally on nice. here and they're 35 percent off. They're brand new, actually. They, just, they were only available on digital. I guess they finally printed them now after you know they got enough likes or whatever, enough downloads. But uh, that's good stuff. 35 percent off. Can't beat that. Get you Knight Rider nice. fix. There you go. Good stuff. Thanks, Jim, for doing that. So let's get to our Buster ratings. Richard, what would you give this episode? Go-getters. Well, like I said at the top of the show, you know, it was very – there were a lot of great moments in it. And like Jim said, the character development, I mean – the Jesus character is one of my favorite in the books. He's definitely, you know, I I like the way he's being portrayed on the show. And there there is a stark difference between the two, yet there's so much similarity that it just, I really love it. There's some great Maggie moments in this episode, great Sasha moments too, but Maggie, you definitely start to see the makings of a leader. You know, and, and and you can tell there's some reluctance in her voice, but, you know, when when the shit hits the fan, you need the person that's going to run into the fray, and that was her. I mean, she went into automatic defense mode, and, I mean, it's it's exciting to see. And, and everything with the Gregory character, how much of a douche he was, and how well it was acted out and everything like that. I, I mean, it, it was a good episode overall, but, like I said, it was a middle-of-the-road bottle episode, but the best bottle episode that they've done in this series, I think. So I give it three and a half. Okay. Jim. I give it three and a half uh, as well. I like the character stuff that went on in this, kind of the the decompression and the plot line. Uh, 
I you know I like the I like the, the general direction it's going vis-a-vis some stuff we know that's going to be happening soon probably from the book and uh I just thought it was a good you know it, it was it was a good you know one like I said connective tissue type episode you know kind of just you know, advancing the characters a little further in the story you know no blockbuster revelations here or whatever so um and you know an extra point five for Maggie's tractor driving skills you know She's able to take out like four zombies driving in reverse before she even got to the gremlin. Before yeah. she even got to the gremlin, so that was pretty so cool. I give it a three, three that and zombie nine. tried to get away, but she tracked her down. Oh, that's good. <sighs> don't in, don't encourage him, please. He'll <laughs> just try to combine it with other puns. He'll parlay oh, it with more. Oh he'll man, combine that was, man. That was good. I wasn't ready for that one, Jim. That was good. I'll uh, I'll do a three point five as well. I'll go I'll go with the uh, with the majority here. I, I think that it was a nice, neat little package, and I want to commend the show writers and show runners and whoever's in control of that um, for giving us neat little packages, not letting these stupid threads linger for a long time. I nothing about it stood out that was annoying or that was you know out of context or that seemed out of place for me. Good episode. Yeah, nice, nice time on the hilltop. I, I, I think I kind of glossed over this though, but some amazing kung fu from uh, or crab maga from uh, you know Jesus when it, when that the whole fire scene was happening at night. I mean, they had some pretty cool shots in there of doing these, these flying kicks and you know crazy stuff. I mean, I, I thought that was all right. It was actually pretty neat. I, I want to see more of that. Um, you know, we we definitely know right now what's happening at the hilltop, just like we know right now what's happening at the kingdom. So they're setting all the pieces. Okay, this is the status of the hilltop. This is the kingdom. This is Alexandria. We know where this is kind of going, and uh, at least, well, not really know, but you kind of have an idea where this is go- which is going. But I don't mind that. I think it's actually go- a good thing. So, three point five busters for me. But who cares what we think? We have an amazing Facebook group. It's facebook.com. Do a search for The Walking Dead TV Podcast. Hit join group. And, folks, we are now over 800 members strong. We had eight members. Yep. We had eight members join just from last week. New members. So the first time ever, over 800 members in the group and getting bigger. So you get to leave your very own Buster ratings if it's The Walking Dead or Toby ratings if you're watching Fear the Walking Dead, the few of you that remain. And uh, it will be Jim's honor, as always, to read them. So, Jim, please take it away. Well, first, I'm going to read Aaron's uh, thoughts and his bus. Oh, thank rating. you. Yes, we didn't want to forget about Aaron's um, thoughts. You're right. Yeah, because yep. he couldn't be here tonight because he had big Hollywood things to do and <laughs> you know, giant giant stacks of money to go spend. And, yeah, I think you know. Disney's paying him off this week, right, uh, Richard? Right. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. He took that. He think he got that gold plated Segway and he's out on, you know, um, um, <laughs> Santa Monica, yeah. you know. <laughs> Going up and down, showing everyone, you know, lighting everyone's cigarettes with you know, hundred dollar bills. <laughs> um, very Scrooge McDuck like in that in that regard. Uh, I'm giving Go Getters three and a half out of five busters. A stronger episode than last week, even as the pacing still felt kind of off. I can't say I felt all that attached to the emotional side of Maggie and Sasha, as the show doesn't seem to be doing much effective work to handle the impact of killing off Glenn and Abraham. However, this episode did plenty to make me yearn for more of the Weasley Gregory. Xander Berkeley is terrific in this part in all ways, all the ways I would hope. He's unlikable and self-centered, but also understandable in how he ultimately wants to protect himself and his people, even if it is from a coward's perspective. Also great to see more of Simon, who's menacing in all the ways that I don't find Negan to be. Uh, the scenes with him and Gregory were a highlight. 
The big action scene was kind of silly. Saviors just snuck in and lit fires. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that myself. Like where are the lookouts, uh, the right? Like who, who's yeah. watching the place? Yeah. Don't look over here while we set up these bonfires, okay? <laughs> They're sleeping. Uh, the roller skating B plot wasn't terrible and better than more of just Rick's sad face. <laughs> it's no classic, but a solid episode. Okay, back to stuffing gold bullion on my money hat. Peace. Did he write that? Did he actually write that? He did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't write the news. I just report it. That's awesome. And now, as uh, as Craig mentioned, we have a great Facebook group, uh, 800 members strong, The Walking Dead TV Podcast. Please join us and uh, have a lot of. We have a lot of fun memes and discussions, and uh, also you can link to Aaron Newworth's uh, longer, more in-depth reviews uh, at theyoungfolks.com uh, from our Facebook group. So if you want to hear what Aaron had to more, you know, what more he had to say, a little more in depth, uh, I, he writes a review every week of every episode. I like this. So, Eric can just mail this in, man. He can just write his review. He can write his little fear, uh, the Walking Dead thing. He gets plugs for his uh, his articles. This is nice. This is actually not bad. Well, he's, he's living the life of the millionaire. So. Hey, he's, he's doing the life of leisure. Yeah, he's already perfected phoning it in from his skills he learned in reviewing Marvel movies. So, oh, and, and, it's going to be so. You so can show you know, lifestyles yeah. of the rich and famous very soon. If that show was still around, which champagne is, dreams and caviar wishes, right? There you go. Right. Oh. But uh, who cares what we semi-professional podcasters think? Uh, we would like to hear what you, our Facebook group, would think. We're going to start off with Mandy Dean uh, this week. One out of five bottles of scotch. I spent most of the episode confused, and was it just me, or was there some horrible acting? I'm looking forward hmm. to more Jesus. Uh, Dre, Dre Irvin, three Carl's dri- Carl drives like his mom out of five. Uh, Gregory's pretty Jim much. Said that. No, I think I, Dre said that. I probably read it earlier in the week. Oh. So. He, he put it but up thanks. twenty twenty three hours ago. He got it in first, right? Yeah, yeah. probably. Um, <clears throat> Gregory is pretty much the Nicholas character with nicer clothes. He's weak and probably will still try to sell Maggie and Sasha, Maggie and Sasha out, and I hope they have to kill him. I think Carl and uh, Jesus will make for an interesting duo yeah. on the road with Carl and Jesus. Uh, I'm happy baby Rhea is still kicking. I think Maggie will be a great hilltop leader. You're here. Yeah. Uh, Janet Broom wrote in three out of five big green tractors. I love Maggie using the tractor to squash the car and stop the music. She did say seated like Sasha told her to. <laughs> uh, glad Jesus finally stood up to Gregory, although that took way too long. He's not just a creep, but a horrible leader, though. It made me laugh when he was trying to warn Sasha away from Maggie. Uh, I like the interaction between Indian and Maggie, but Carl is being way too impulsive and stupid. At least having Jesus with him should keep him alive. Uh, Mike Jones, four. Simon says out of five, I like the tension of Simon. And Gregory moments when Maggie and Sasha were in hiding. It felt like it was a step up from last week. My only gripe was the Hallmark movie of the week segment. With Carl and Enid roller skating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Brent, Brent Jones, 2.5 Sasha holding Rosita's jewelry out of five. Glad we finally got to see what happened to Glenn and Abe's remains. Uh, disappointing the lack of mourning by the ladies, but I guess they've both been through so much loss already. I wrote like three Jesus saving Carl jokes and then deleted them. I don't want to offend anyone. Hopefully Jesus takes the wheel <laughs> on those recognition. Nice self-censoring there, Brent. We like I'm that. Like, yeah, but he stuck one in there the, under the line. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> pretty sneaky, dude. I see what you did there. Uh, Johnny Stower, 3.75. My name is Johnny, not Joey, out of five. 
Um, I think that was C. I think you said Joey last week. That's probably why he he wrote that. Did I? I'm yeah. sorry, it's okay. Johnny. It's Johnny Five. Johnny Stower. Johnny Five. Johnny Stower. Hey, I got it right this time. A good episode. I liked how it focused on two different plots this time. Carlin needed and the hilltop. The roller skating was dumb, though. I was hoping walkers would attack, uh, not stagnant like the rest of the episodes of the season have been. Gregory is so full of shit, his eyes should be brown. Uh, hopefully, a solid episode next week is coming. How about the uh, the little fear of the Walking Dead? The suspense is killing me. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Well, you know, you, uh, it's it's a it's a powerful thing. The uh, hashtag passages presented by Taco Bell. It, get some Taco Bell, Johnny. You'll feel a lot better. It, it just it washes it down a lot nicer there. Yeah. Live, live Moss. Live Moss. It's your Absolutely. Baja Blast and your Quesalupa. You'll be in good shape. Man, my. I'm sorry, you might have to edit here. My computer's doing weird stuff. Okay, uh, Mary Turkpecchia, 3.5 green gremlins giving you the bird out of five. I did, <laughs> I did like that. Uh, that was a last, nice set piece. <laughs> other than last week, love the more tender moments in the episode. Maggie at the graves, Enid putting balloons on the marker. I'll be at the wrong one, and the passing on of the watch. Not a big fan of the roller skating bit, but I, bit, but I get it. They're young, and it's better than walking. Something was off, though. Can't pinpoint whether it was the acting or certain parts or the dialogue. Looking forward to Jesus and Carl's adventure in the sanctuary. <laughs> yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Harold Turk, uh, two roller girl scenes from Boogie Nights out of five. Uh, <laughs> it was the filler episode and all that tense are compelling. However, Simon and Gregory's interaction saved him from turning into complete garbage. Uh, Susan Monk, 3.75, talks with Jesus out of five. Someone please tell Maggie that climbing out of a roof and driving a tractor does not count as bed rest. Right. Yeah, good, good yeah. luck telling that to her. Yeah. Paul McAkern, uh, three or four out of five roller skating teens, although seemingly odd mix of characters, this really worked for me. Uh, Hilltop seems, feels like the path through the Negan mess. I'm really happy enough to deal with sad face Rick again for another episode. I agree. Uh, Gwendolyn Johnson, three out of five. How is Enid going to find Hilltop? Uh, Dre Irvin uh, uh, offered perhaps some women's intuition. Uh, Ian Roswell, uh, 3.75. Thank Jesus for a decent episode out of five. Very well acted by all, and Gregory is portrayed excellently. Uh, apart from silly roller skating bit, Carl and Ian's stuff was great. Keep this up. Good work. Uh, Ian Tim's three out of five. Who likes rhubarb anyway? <laughs> Another ingredient for the Walking Dead cookbook. You yeah, see, Jim, right. there's demand for this cookbook. There, there's an audience, hey. man. That's it. Yeah, Carol's, Carol's casseroles. Yep. And, uh, rhubarb pie is good. I do like rhubarb pie. I can go for that. Yeah. yeah. A little Baker Square, did, right? Do a little rhubarb did, you know pie? The rhubarb, did you know that rhubarb can be poisonous if you don't uh, make, uh, prepare it the right way? No, I did not know that. I know it's like yeah. really red, but I didn't know it was actually poisonous. Wow. Okay. Like, it can't be. It can't be. Wow. Uh, Carl Hooker, three. Maggie for Hilltop Mayor Yard Signs out of five. The Jesus Coral Road Show could replace Norman Reedus's show. <laughs> I give my, I give my right eye to see the look on Negan's face when those two show up. Oh wait, sorry, Carl, too soon. Remember to change your bandage. <laughs> uh, now I don't know about this Maggie for Hilltop Mayor. I mean, she was using that private email server at the prison. I'm just saying. I've heard. She's yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. They'll have to they'll have to have an election. Um, not even going to touch that. <laughs> Tam Buono, uh, three or two point seven five roller skates out of five. It was just okay. Pretty much a setup episode dragged a bit. I did tear up a little. The beginning scene with Maggie and Sasha by the graves. Uh, Katie Levesque, three point seven five ugly green cars. 
Maggie, Sasha, and Jesus were the best part of the episode. Love the Maggie moments. Monster tractor car crush was great, and bitch slapping Gregory was super. All this time later, and Carl has learned, still not learned to stay in the house. Uh, <laughs> good one. Uh, now he is stealing cars, too. Carl! He is going down a slippery slope there. Huh? <laughs> Looking forward to seeing what happens to him and Jesus in future episodes. Uh, Pamela Burton, four out of five. I really liked this episode. I know it was set up, but it was enjoyable to watch. I love the friendship between Maggie and Sasha, and I love seeing Jesus work with them. A Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington for I heard bad reviews for this episode, but actually quite enjoyed it out of five. <laughs> the scene with Gregory and Simon was nice and tense, but whenever I hear Simon speak, all I can think of is Trevor out of GTA. I know. I, I, I can't too, Richard, even with the facial hair and stuff. <laughs> uh, looking forward to see where the Carl Jesus uh, heading to the sanctuary plays out. Uh, Michael Santana four Sunday 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 monster tractor rallies out of five. Uh, loved if watching. If you're not Maggie. there, you better be dead or in jail. <laughs> we'll, give, we'll give you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Um, <laughs> loved watching Maggie take out walkers and up armored AMC gremlins with their John Deere death machine. Great Negan free episode. A little does go a long way. There you um, go. Michelle of that people's four we need to talk out of five I wasn't expecting to enjoy this episode but Dave got such a kick out of Stephen Ogg Simon found him way more menacing than Negan probably because I had no idea what to expect from him I love Saggy I love Maggie and Sasha's friendship I like that Saggy that's a good little combo there I like did that. you yeah. just ship Maggie and Sasha yes Saggy Saggy <laughs> wow now I have a whole different picture in my mind um, those two have lost more than most and still get up, take charge, and kick ass. I admit, I did scream yes when Maggie said, my name is Maggie Ree, and hey, Carl got his first kiss and inherited his mom's driving skills. Uh, I have inappropriate feelings for Jesus and feel dirty in a good way just writing that. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> uh, most, most of all, I want to take a moment and thank you guys for such a great podcast. Life has been a bit rougher than usual for me, and your podcast has been a great escape for me, and I thank you for getting me through the rough patches. Oh, Michelle, thank, thank you. you. Michelle. Thanks. Hey. So we do it for you guys, so great. I'm glad we can bring a little, little smile to your face. That's what it's all about. That and, of course, the uh, free tacos from... <laughs> We're not getting paid by Taco <laughs> Bell, by the way. <laughs> we, we should be getting sponsored Maybe by Taco Bell. Yeah, Maybe you're not. Maybe you're not. I'm not any checks, guys. I'm going to check my mailbox. <laughs> I got paid in volcano sauce. Lava, they gotta br the hashtag bring back lava sauce, right? Because it is gone. I, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a fast food junkie. Taco Bell, you're missing the boat, man. That's all I'm saying. Andrew Park, 2.5. Don't sit near Coral when he's playing darts out of five. Agreed. This felt like a connecting episode. I must admit I was a bit bored. I enjoyed the scene that gave the name Monster Truck a literal meaning. A Kung Fu Jesus was fun, although I was distracted by his beard, which seems to be real. Unless the actor is likes Rocky, a fake one on The Talking Dead. Uh, Simon's super bright Hollywood smile was a bit distracting, too. Good dentist on Negan's books. Uh, also, the chances of finding two pairs of roller skates that fit exactly. You to, said that. Yeah, it's exactly. That. Yeah. Anyone would think we're on Easy Street. Easy Street. Which, much to my chagrin, has been an earworm bouncing around my skull for the past two weeks. Are you singing it, Richard? You singing it? No, oh, that's enough. Uh, Rob Cook. Rob Cook, 3.5. <laughs> Don't call me Marge out of five. You can certainly Maggie moving into the, see Maggie moving into the mayoral role by mid-season. Gregory's an awful person, but so good to watch. 
I'm not sure how Carl is going to go about killing Negan, but by the looks of those dart skills, he's not going to be with knife, knife throwing. <laughs> right. And uh, Jason Cluett, 3.5 piles of giant sandwiches out of five. I love the Gregory Simon interaction, plus a whole heap of Ninja Jesus action. Love the Ninja Jesus. That was good stuff. And if you would like to join the discussion and the, the fun on the group, it's The Walking Dead TV Podcast group on the Facebook. Please come and join us. Yes, like I said, 804 members strong. So, yeah, just uh, go to the Facebook, join the group. we we'll get you in very quickly. You can leave your very own Buster ratings if you like every week. And uh, it definitely makes the show even that much more fun. So, guys, any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, I know we were looking at the previews of next week's episode. It looks like it's going to be kind of a Tara Heath um, episode, at least to a certain extent. But any final thoughts on this one? No, I think I, we pretty much said everything we thought, and uh, you know, I kind of like the way they're done. Some of the episodes seem too crowded because they seem like they have to show what's happening with every member of the cast, you know, at some point in the episode. And I like these that kind of focus on just some groups of the cast to kind of give them a chance to really, you know, identify the characters and stuff. So, and there was a little bit of an A B thing going. Right? You know, we still we did see Carl and it, and we did see even Rick a little bit in the beginning. So I didn't mind that. I can deal with a little bit of going from here to there. That's fine with me. I I had a question regarding that too, just a technical behind the scenes kind of question. So I read Andy Lincoln gets paid ninety thousand per episode, right? Now is that they just take a total amount they're paying him and split divide that by sixteen, or is that just the episodes he's in and his two seconds in this episode? Was that did he get ninety thousand dollars for just that? I'm gonna assume yes, because how do you know what the scripts are gonna be? Like you know, when you sign yeah. his contract at the beginning of the year, you don't know how many he's gonna be in and how many he's not, right? So. I'm just saying, I'd Besides, like to make ninety grand for work in three minutes. It's he needs, he needs to he needs to give his sweat glands a break after the past couple of weeks. Yes, <laughs> he's he'll say he'll say you try not sweating in the Georgia heat like we work in every day. It's like you know, he does have that sweat thing going on. I always wonder if they sprayed his face or something like that. If they actually put it in his hair and made it look drippy, like is that or is that just him? Is that just Lincoln's sweat glands? The funny thing is, mostly his scene was in this episode was kissing Michonne too. So he got paid pretty much for just you know. Making out with a beautiful woman. Yeah. Brown chicken, beautiful brown horse. cow, right? Richard, come on. That's it. it, it yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. That's enough of that. Oh, great. So we'll be back again next week. Uh, but before we do, uh, where can our listeners listen to our lovely voices when we're not talking The Walking Dead? Richard, how about you? Uh, well, I'm on the on HHWLOD network uh, on the DC TV podcast, which we cross over with uh, Daryl Taylor on the Taylor network of podcasts. It's myself, uh, Jim, Daryl, and uh, our friend Jerry, and uh, we talk about all the DC television shows each week. Um, and there's a lot of them each week. So it's a lot of TV you got to watch. You got to watch all those DC shows plus The Walking Dead. I mean, you just, it, it's it's a yep. tough job, but someone's got to do it. The things yep. we do for you, really. Yep. Yeah. And I'm you can follow me too. on on the Twitters and Instagrams and all that at ChubToad01. Excellent, Jim. As you mentioned, I'm the I'm the producer of the DC TV podcast that we're on on HHWLD.com. Also over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts, I'm on a show called Nothing's On with Donnie Salvo and Daryl, uh, where we talk about movies and TV in a more general basis. You can check me out there. You can follow me on Twitter at Yoda Jones. And uh, yeah, that's about it. 
Yes, and if you want to listen to my lovely voice, I am host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com forward slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host Teddy and various guests review new cars, discuss, discuss cars and pop culture, whatever else goes through our brains at that moment, uh, pick over the remains of motor news. Uh, we actually got the new 2017 RAV4 got delivered today, so I'm working on that one. We had the um, Mitsubishi Evolution Final Edition, so if you're interested in hearing about that, that'll be in an upcoming episode, probably the next two weeks or so, we'll be getting to that one and uh we've got the kia cadenza coming as well so stay tuned for a lot of new car reviews if you're in- interested in that kind of thing so we'll let jim finish this episode out jim when there's no more room in hell on the dead walk the earth remember we're gonna turn hilltop into a giant mud pit sunday 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 <laughs> the big wheels with the big deals at the metroplex i love it thanks folks take care they were farm kids way down in Dixie Met in high school in the 60s Everyone knew it was love from the start One July in the midnight hour They climbed up on the water tower Stood on the rail and painted a tent So, Jim, we have an important question for you. Okay. Okay, this is very important. Now, we know that KFC has 11 herbs and spices in their original recipe, right? Right. I'm arguing that the crispy does not have those 11 herbs and spices. It's a different recipe. It's just like its own little crispy thing. Now, Richard is saying that it does. It's just double dipped or something. What are your thoughts on this? It's probably the same spice blend, just a different kind of coating. Okay. See that you, you think like you think like Richard. Okay. It just tastes different to me. That's when awesome. I worked there many, many, many years ago, don't really, it was don't all really the do. same thing. So you I don't, don't really eat KFC. You don't so. you don't dig on KFC? Okay. You don't you don't get down not with those really. eleven herbs and spices? No, you don't do you that. Know, nah, and it, I, it's I, not I, even so much the chicken as it is that mashed potatoes and gravy If I want any of that, I'll make it myself. Well that's right. I just I mean I yeah, no, that's what yeah, I told Greg. I was like, I bet Jim's chicken would fucking just oh. like dwarf. Absolutely. KFC. I mean, come on.